Taking care of nature's call alone, <laughs> to me, can be an issue. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I mean, shoot, I think we, we accomplished a lot. Um, you know, I, I really I really wish we had a few more games to uh, expose what, what we really had because I, I don't think we ever reached our full potential. And even where we got, was it was great for us. Um, but, the, you know, there's a lot of good weapons on this team, and hopefully we'll come back next season and just do just that. Um, shoot, we got a lot of work to do. Um, that's what it's, that's what off-season's for, and you know, that's what the spring's for. Um, so we just got to get back to it. I think we'll have to make some tough decisions in a lot of areas, not just in the secondary. Um, you know, we've got, uh, again, we're going to have to sit down and, um, you know, with Rick and, and Rob and George and sit down and talk about, you know, where we're at with salary cap, where we're at with uh, players, the age of players, the who we feel like are going to be core, core players for us uh, in the future. You know, Mackie and Joe with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. And in just a couple of minutes here, we are going to lay out, we're like 72 hours removed from this thing, we are going to lay out our blueprints to fix the Vikings or to get them from good to great. What's the next step for the Vikings? We are going to map that out and uh, we'll get to Derek Wetmore, who was at the Miguel Sano press conference today, contract extension, the scoop of Doogie, but 30 seconds before the show, Judd brought this up. Can you just just, just bring this story to the audience? Because this is the first time I had heard of this. And uh, Chad I, Johnson tweeted this morning. Okay, this is Chad Ochocinco, right? Yes, the and you can follow him at Ochocinco. I recommend it. The opportunity to kick in the NFL, ha, or excuse me, XFL, has presented itself. I must try out Monday in Houston. I'm excited as hell, and I'm sure all will go well. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in on the XFL even more than I was before. You're telling me that like. You're nope. not gonna. You're gonna. You're not gonna watch if if someone's. You're on Twitter and you're watching TV and someone says, "Oh my God, they're gonna try a 65 yard field goal with Chad Ochocinco." You're not flipping over for that. No, man. Why? I'll tell you why. So I watch a lot of late night talk shows, right? I got I got Conan, I got The Daily Show, I got Colbert, but I can't watch them all. Like Jimmy Kimmel, funny, super talented. Jimmy Fallon. Funny, super talented. I just don't have time to sit down and watch all these late night talk shows. The best of Fallon and the best of Kimmel is going to make its way to my timeline. And that's how I'll experience Chad Johnson in the XFL. If he does anything noteworthy, it's going to make its way to my phone some way, somehow. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. I'll be entertained by it for a few seconds. And that's all the XFL deserves of my time. So the XFL starts, I think, the week after the Super Bowl, correct? Sure. I think so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Say so. So that's on my calendar. February through March. Just like the Alliance. We're still waiting for pitchers and catchers to report. There's not really a whole lot on TV because the Wild are meh, kind of okay, not really. And then the Timberwolves aren't that great. You're not going to tune in at least a little bit to the XFL? Dude, there's video of Chad Ochocinco on yeah. the internet hitting a 60-yard field goal. I'm sure I'm you in. can kick. Field goal. Yeah. Week one, I'm all in. Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to kid you right now. I'm going to be all in week one. And, and I am too. And hear me out on this, Ryan. I think Judd, Judd and I are in lockstep. We're all in here. Jonathan's yep. in on this I'm one, in. okay? So hear me out on this, all right? If you have a guy like Chad Ochocinco, who's like, he's like 40, 40, somewhere in his early 40s. Still in great shape. Great shape. He plays soccer on a regular basis. Still, he probably has probably has a better forty time than most anyone who's ever kicked or punted in NFL history. We have stumbled into the next evolution of analytics oh, and roster construction. Imagine if instead of 
Sebastian Janikowski drinking nine beers and waddling and out for an extra point. Don't you badmouth Seabass. What if you had an elite athlete as your kicker or your punter and the threat of faking it at any time was in play? I mean, that's... that's Come on. That's been done, not... not like Who, this? Name me an elite... Like it, I'm talking yeah. like Chad Ochocinco, let's say five years ago, in his 30s. Okay, you're, but if you, you can't check, play wide receiver anymore because you're a little too old, but you're going to be our elite oh, kicker. Oh, you're saying like take, athlete turn kicker. a guy who's like in in his twilight, turn him into a kicker. Okay, Randy Moss, I know you can't be cornerbacks anymore on the edge, but you're going to be our puncher. Yeah, who, who's to say you couldn't? No, who, who's to, to say that you couldn't take a guy in his prime? Because they're all great athletes, right? Save you a roster spot. Like, who's to say Stefan Diggs couldn't kick right Dude, now? I'm, sign me up. Pop so, so forget your. So forget the you know old guy. So you guy wouldn't even thing. have a punter a, on your roster, a guy who's strictly a punter. Unless you can, hey, unless you can run a four five forty, not on my team. <laughs> Game day, dude. Sorry. Lot, I got a kicker. A lot of punters, receiver. None are coming to mind right now. But a lot of punters and a lot of kickers are really good athletes because they grew up playing soccer. And as sorry, Jonathan, as boring a sport as it is, like they make some, they make some pretty damn good athletes. Man, they're fast. They have endurance. They, they can they can do. I feel some, like you're just. Do I feel like things. you're like you're poo pooing a really uh, really cool idea. The multi athlete athlete as punter. This Chad Johnson thing intrigues me because I'm poo pooing both. You're right. <laughs> I'm really intrigued. So while you're watching Colbert or Kimmel or something, <laughs> I'm going to be on the precipice of sports greatness. Calling Zim up with this idea. I'm going to say, Zim, wake up. Put down the wine and we'll go watch the XFL game. He's going to be like, this is great. And you're going to be like, oh, that was a funny Colbert joke. I'm going to be like, no, I'm Dude, I'm on the... Missing out, man. I am at the start of one of the great revelations of Absolutely. sports history. Missing out, man. Our phones are blowing up right now, by the way, of people who are just dying to watch <laughs> XFL football. 651-646-8255. I'm in. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, let's let's just dive right into this. I, th- you 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 had a bunch of callers on Ventline this morning. Judd Zolgad, the Ventline Coffee Club. Everyone's got ideas for how to fix the Vikings or how fix fix is sort of a, a subjective word. How do you get the Vikings from good to great, or what do you think the next path should be for the Vikings? Let's take out <laughs> our little notepads. Let's take out our rosters. What are the moves that you guys are going to look at starting right now? You're you're in that you're in that massive new uh, technologically savvy war room where you don't have to actually stick the magnets on the whiteboard. You've got like computer screens on the walls inside the Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. Where do you? What st- are you doing? You have so many places to start. This is so great. This will be a week full of this, starting with today and going through Friday on on the Coffee Club because there are so many different places. Let's start a quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. The more I go through the permeations of the potential of making a trade to get Tua, and I know, okay, the hip scares you, but let's say he's cleared. There's nothing more you can do than get him cleared. You know, after watching last night's game, you're not going to get Joe Burrow, who the Bengals are going to take, and you watch the athletic ability, right? And it's it's good. It's damn good. And then you watch Trevor Lawrence, who you would love to win like one game in 2020 to get in 2021 when he's going to be eligible for the draft, but that's not going to happen. Your team's not that bad. But again, you watch him, and you realize the game's just changing. It's changed. It's just changed. So this is not a, well, can you make Kirk? No, 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 you just can't, all right? 
and you can't go out and get a drop back passer who stands in the pocket. The game is evolving, which is outstanding. Yep. It's a more fun game. So all of that being said, the Tua thing to me is the place to start. And the question becomes, where do you think he's going to go, and how much would you be willing to trade to get him? And what parts, including draft picks, could you include in that trade? And I'll tell you guys, the one name that we kept coming back to, and this is not going to do it himself, but he's an intriguing name because of his status, is Dalvin Cook. Like, if this somehow involved your first-round pick, let's say two first-round picks, and Dalvin Cook. And I said, I'm all in. And any, and I don't think we got one call saying, that's crazy. Anything that involves your draft picks and Dalvin Cook, who I'm not going to pay, I've just decided that. I'm not paying him. Intrigues me. And the whole Tua thing is, if that's your guy, that's going in a direction that at least the league is going in. And I think to compete for a Super Bowl, that's the type of guy. Now, he might not be the exact one. I don't know. But he's the type of guy I think we need to be talking about to not necessarily fix the Vikings, but get the Vikings, Rami, to where they have to go. I said this yesterday. If you're, if that's the route you're going, if you're, if you're selecting your next quarterback now and building this franchise around that, that does not include Mike Zimmer. I'm I'm with Judd, but I would take it one step further, and I'm looking for a great offensive mind to groom that guy and grow with him and 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 watch those two ride it out attached at the hip, hopefully to success. But one way or the other, I think that's that's the that's the path of least resistance. If if you're trying to build a franchise around a quarterback, is to give him a head coach who's as invested in that guy's success as he is in his own because they are tied. They are tied together. I don't think you can go into a new era of Vikings football centered around whether it's Tua or name the the quarterback that you're going to go up in the draft to, to get this year. I don't think you can do that and 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 not change your horses so, in terms of head coach. So if you're and I don't I, I think you're right. I in some ways I I don't know if I don't know if it's a prerequisite that you have to say goodbye to Mike Zimmer if you were to go out and make a big play for a, for a quarterback in the first round, but if if that's what your stance is, if you're handcuffing Mike Zimmer to Kirk Cousins, and this is an era right here, this this whole thing, this Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, this is an era, and you're all linked together. Uh, and if and if you go away from Kirk Cousins, then you got to bring in a new coach. So which one? Like right now, if you're in the room with the Wilfs and they say, "Listen, I've been listening to a lot of Score North Live lately, a lot of Mackie and Judd with Rami. I like what this guy has to say. I like what this guy has to say." Seems like uh seems like it might be a little bit little bit weird sometimes when it comes to uh white claws and you know not wanting to bring his phone into the bathroom, but we like his football. No, that opinions. makes sense. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. And yeah. they said, What would you do? It's would odd. you would you run it back with Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins one more time? Or would you look to replace both of them? And I have to make that choice this off season? I have to replace both of them. If you gave me one year to think about it, they might be able to prove something to me in 2020, and I'm sure Mike Zimmer would be open to to a contract after that's all said and done, and you can probably give Kirk Cousins a deal that would that would convince him to stay here in in Minnesota. But if you're if you're telling me I have to make that decision right now, I'm moving on. I'm sorry, I haven't seen enough that I'm convinced that those two can take me to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm I'm not at all to the point where I I don't think Mike Zimmer is incapable of connecting with a young quarterback because I I would have loved to have seen the Teddy Bridgewater relationship play out. I think he was at first. He and and the organization were unwilling to just give Teddy the keys and build an offense around him because Adrian Peterson was still around. But I think I think once you get away from the Adrian Peterson era, if Teddy Bridgewater 
doesn't get hurt, I think you're talking about a great coach-quarterback relationship. So I don't think he's incapable of being able to take on the next quarterback, but this is where we're all kind of in lockstep. I sort of look at a football roster as a chessboard, and the quarterback is, is the queen, right? The quarterback is the most important chess piece on the chessboard. And when you watch the Kansas City Chiefs, their queen can go forward, backwards, sideways, left, right, diagonal, up to the right, diagonal, any which direction, all across the board. Deshaun Watson can do the same thing. There's all kinds of quarterbacks, the queen of the chessboard that can move anywhere. Your queen of the chessboard costs more money than the opposing player's queen in a lot of cases and can only move straight ahead and straight back or straight left, straight right. Handcuffed compared to the other queens. And for that reason, I'm just not paying $27 million per year to a non-game-changing quarterback beyond 2020. I get that you're locked in for 2020 unless something crazy happens, but this is the last year I'm committing to paying top dollar to a non-game-changing a, a quarterback that can't bail me out like Russell Wilson can bail out these Seattle Seahawks. So you're with Judd. You're going and getting the next QB this year, and this I, offseason. Yes. Okay. And I would do it this way, okay? If you look at the history of sort of what you can get in various trades and what it would cost to move up, a couple of things here. To, if, if, and if we want to loop in Dalvin Cook here, you want to, what can the Vikings potentially get and trade for Dalvin Cook? I think there's a couple recent examples. I mean, one of them, Trent Richardson garnered a first-round pick in a terrible trade. So that's that's probably... Dalvin Cook is way better than Trent Richardson, but I don't know if teams are going to be in the business of giving a first-round pick necessarily for Dalvin Cook. But if you can get even like a second-round pick for Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. and at least fortify your stockpile of first couple second-round picks... Mm-hmm. When the Chiefs traded up to get Pat Mahomes in 2017, they traded the number 27 overall pick, so right around where the Vikings are picking this year. Vikings are actually picking a little bit further up than that. A third-round pick, and then the next year's 2018 first-round pick to move up to, I believe, 10th. So two firsts and a third. All right, to move two up from 27 to 10. To move up into the top 10, if that's where you think Tua is going to fall to. I've got the top 10. And I, and I pull the trigger on that. So let's go through the top 10 and see where the Vikings could potentially land with where we think the Tua could land. Hold on a second. I, I, this, this is just... this is Reckless speculation. Rami looks pained right now. You really should glue your hand <laughs> to that mouse to fire this, because I feel like it just needs to be fired constantly. Reckless speculation. Fireworks. Inject it into my... Our brain. 4th of July. The Bengals pick first. They're going to take Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yep. He's gone. Okay. Washington picks second. I don't think you need to go up that high. They have a quarterback, but now with a new coach, it's questionable what they'll do. But I don't see them taking Tua. No way, no how. Well, that's an interesting one. They probably should take Tua. But do they think Haskins can... Let's just. It's a no. It's probably a no. I think it's a no. Okay. Now it gets interesting at three, although we're still really, really high. The price, obviously, at three is huge. It's the Detroit Lions in your division. They've got Matthew Stafford. They've got a head coach who obviously and Patricia is coming back. But if he but if he drafts but Tua won't play next year. Right. So so Matt Patricia would not draft Tua because he's gonna want right. He's gonna want immediate help because he's yeah. also probably going into his last year if this is not a success. At number four is the Giants. New coach, yeah. but should be set at quarterback. Yeah. At number five is the Miami Dolphins. That's an interesting one. At number six, the L.A. Chargers. That's an interesting one. 
I think you might need to get well, those, those are both teams that are looking for a QB right now. Yes. Is Tom Brady going to play in one of those places? Number seven is Carolina. Number eight is Arizona. Carolina might be looking for a quarterback. Yep. This is true. Number eight is not, obviously, in Arizona. Number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who's, uh, I'll continue. And the, and, and the 10th team is the Cleveland Browns, who obviously are not going to be looking for a quarterback. I think the Jags are in on Minshew. I, th- I don't know. I think so, too. Minshew mania has now, sort of swept the nation. What we need to do is marry the team that we think you could make the trade with where we think two is going to go. I think you have to. Who's who's at four? Number four is the Giants. You need to you Dolphins. need to make you need to make a trade with the Giants and get ahead of the Dolphins. So you got Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers. That's one of those three teams. One of those three probably is takes him. Tua. If you're set on Tua and there isn't a guy after him who you think is a franchise changing quarterback, the likes of which you two are talking about, and I don't think there is, you have to move up to number four. And I don't have my uh, draft trade compensation chart in front of me like Rick Spielman Give me the would. Kansas City trade again, please, because like, that's probably comparable to this. KC, it, if it's up to four, though, you'd have to add something onto this. Okay. KC traded, this is 2017, and they already had Alex Smith. They went to the playoffs. Very similar. Very similar. Mm-hmm. They traded the number 27th overall pick, mm-hmm. a third-round pick, and a 2018 first-round pick to the Buffalo Bills to move up to number 10, to take back, uh, Pat Mahomes, so the tax on getting from let's say, what are they what are the Vikings 25? 25. 25. getting from twenty five to four, if you get from twenty five to higher. four, it's for sure the two first round picks. Yes, it's probably a second round pick instead of the third, and then an additional second or first maybe. Yes, I think that's probably what we're talking about. I'm looking at the NFL uh, draft value chart. The Jimmy as Johnson chart. Jimmy Johnson chart. Yes, say, that one, say that one more time. I'm looking at the NFL draft value chart. Come on! Football! Football. Yeah. That fourth pick for the New York Giants has a value of 1,800 points. Whatever that means. Okay. So we, right. have to, we have to equal that. Yes. Right? So you're okay, going to have on. to try and equal 1,800 points. Okay. okay. Here we go. The Vikings' first pick in the first round at 25 is worth 720 points. Okay, that's not enough. No, it's not. Second round, it drops to 330. You guys add these up. So how was 700? Yep. First one was 720. Okay, 720. Second one was 330. You guys add these up and let me know when we get to 1800. Okay. And if you want to throw, let's say... I want to get the calculator out. Let's say you throw in the 2021 first round pick, and that's also in the 700 range, right? You're there. Are so we there? You're there. 700, 700, so, 320. And then, and, that's, and then you can float them yeah. like a fifth round pick. You give or something. them a first and a second this year and a first next year, and you might be able to, to get up to number four. If the, Giants, if the Giants are open to trading that pick and there isn't somebody there that they're dead set on, first and a second this year, mm-hmm. first next year. And maybe, like Phil said, a fourth or a fifth somewhere along the line. If the medical comes back clean, I'm doing this in a heartbeat. Me too. I'm in. The trade is made. The pick is in. But are you guys doing this and keeping Mike Zimmer? Because I think think that's a fatal flaw. I think that's a fatal flaw to your plan. You know what you're doing? This is when the Bears had Mike Lennon and John Fox went and drafted Mitch Trubisky. And then realized after a year in the Mitch Trubisky era... That John Fox wasn't the head coach who was going to get the most out of this kid yeah. and lead this new era of football. And then you brought in somebody else. And not to say two, two is probably better than Mitch when you talk about the the traits that you look for in a quarterback. For but sure is. now you're starting from scratch. Let's say you go and get that offensive mind next year. Now he has to start learning this whole system from scratch. Whereas with Patrick Mahomes, with that Chiefs blueprint, you brought him in knowing Andy Reid was going to be the guy who he was attached at the hip to. 
Wow. Andy Reid was going you to develop that, him. You just brought that full circle with the hip reference. Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid was Not the one. Dislocated. Andy Reid was the one who was going to groom him. Who yeah. was going to coach him? It was Andy Reid's system that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to learn and master and digest that playbook. Yep. If you if if you're if you're drafting Tua this year, go and get that guy who you're attaching him to, who you're handcuffing Here, him to now. Here's the Judd plan, though. The Judd plan is Kirk Cousins is going to start the entire 2020 season. Okay. So because I agree with you long term. So I'm not concerned about this right now because 2020 is going to be a year of convalescing and rehab and learning for Tua. He will not. Now, the Bears' problem was they made the switch. I'm not making the switch here. Cousins is going to play. Tua is going to sit behind him. I am going to do this with an eye towards the coaching change in 2021. I think that's a mistake. But I don't have to. But I don't need to uh, to play. The Bears' problem was the Bears then threw uh, Trubisky in there too quickly. I'm not doing that. I think I'm not saying my plan's ideal, but it works. It works. And then if I have Josh McDaniels in 2021 or an offensive coach, reckless but, speculation. But I'm not making a I'm not making a mistake by addressing something that has to be addressed, and this might be a really good solution. Yeah, I think. By the like, way, I get your point, Rami. I I don't disagree with. Yeah, I would not want Mike to be the guy long term. Then. We're getting a bunch of a bunch of comments. You can always tweet at us. We always follow Twitter during the show here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami at Score North. You can tweet at us at Rami is tweeting at Jay Zulgad at Phil Mackey. You can also find us on Instagram at Score North. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a couple of these here. Well, Chad says he's gonna trade a couple of first, a second, a third, and a future fourth for Lawrence, but that doesn't happen. You can't do that till next year. And the Vikings, if they don't, if they don't draft a quarterback this year, then obviously they could be in the mix next year. But there's a good chance that Lawrence is the number one overall pick, depending on who the number one overall pick is next year. So you, now you're talking about trading up to number one. Uh, Bleeding Purple tweets in, man, so many people on here are going to be butt hurt when Cousins gets extended and this dream of Tua gets flushed down the damn toilet. The Vikings are not drafting Tua. We have to hear all offseason this stupidity from Score North. This front office doesn't make moves like this. <laughs> I'm not interested in what this front office does. I'm interested in what this front office should do to get the Vikings to a Super Bowl level. And paying a quarterback, Amen. Amen, brother. Paying a quarterback yep. who's not going to carry you in big games. He had an amazing overtime yep. against New Orleans. But you need a, when things are crumbling and you're yep. facing the best teams in the NFL, are you going to have are you going to have those performances from Kirk Cousins or a quarterback who's that like from him? again? That tweet uh, bleeding purple. Bleeding purple. First of all, let's make this very clear. In the minds of the Scornor staff and this show in particular, <laughs> Mad Bum is starting opening day. Okay, <laughs> so don't concern yourself. Speculation. That's still on the table. Don't concern. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. But it's going to happen in my mind. All so right. don't concern yourself with what the teams do. Phil said it perfectly. Concern yourself with what they should do. Six five one six four six eight two five five. So we just there it is. We just drafted. We just drafted Tua and traded a couple first round picks and a second and. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook may have been traded in there somewhere, and that's how we're fixing the Vikings here. Brad, you are on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Dude, thanks for calling. Hey, uh, with all this talk about drafting Tua, which I honestly hope we do because I think he's got a bright future, um, so I don't believe that there is currently a single left-handed quarterback in the NFL, and uh, we put all the emphasis on getting a left tackle to protect the quarterback's blind side. I was wondering if we should draft a right tackle for uh, to do that with Tua, or this might be a question for Alex Boone. How easy would it be for a left tackle to switch over to right tackle? 
Thanks. Reckless speculation. Your best tackle right now is Brian O'Neill. Last I checked, Brian O'Neill is your right tackle. He is. Yes. I can't confirm. You're in good shape. Yeah. I'm, and it, I think the question would be moving, if if there is a question, you, would you move Brian O'Neill to left tackle, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the question? Or do you just draft a left tackle? Unless I misinterpreted it. No, he's one. saying Tua is oh, I got a left you. and a quarterback. I got you, got you, got you. And so yeah, are yeah. you worried about the blind side of Tua? Yeah. How much does it, for this Tua conversation, not, Yeah, you can basically count on like four fingers the amount of relevant left-handed quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Just, it's a... Think about all the games you've watched in your life. How many times do you really recall watching a left-handed quarterback? It's just not really... Steve Young? Yeah. I can't think of a... Uh, Mark Brunel was a lefty, wasn't he? Yes, I, I believe he was correct. lefty. Yeah. There's a few. There's a couple. But not many. Rich 90s. Gannon? Was Rich Gannon a lefty? Uh, I think no, he's right-handed. No, he's right-handed. Okay. I think, I think he's right-handed. Not sure. All right. Now, if you could find an ambidextrous quarterback... Who could kick? <laughs> There we go. Brought Judd's the segment it full now. circle. Yeah. Well done, Judd. Thank you. I'm sure the XFL will be pioneers in that area as Hold well. On. I, I just got a text from Vince McMahon. It says, young man, I love your ideas. And yes, you're a young man to me. I just got a text from Vince McMahon that said, you're fired. That's the oh, he said yes, the other yeah. You're hired. Yeah, exactly right. I want to see Judd on the Vince McMahon fitness plan. Like, whatever he's injecting Just into. A, a bowl of anabolic steroids for breakfast? <laughs> what do you want me What are you trying to kill him? Could you picture a jacked up Judd Zolgad? <laughs> no! It's a terrible idea. <laughs> you think when, when Vince McMahon pours his bowl of steroids in the morning, do you think he, do you think he eats the marshmallow <laughs> steroids last? Or pours his bowl of steroids? I bet he just mixes it into his Cheerios. Like I put a little granola in there. I like a little chocolate granola in my Cheerios. He just throws in like a little HGH, a little HGH, yeah, yeah. Just a little shot of HGH, muscle milk, mm. HGH. muscle milk. <laughs> no, no, chief, I'm in the zone. Why did you, you just turn it to Alex Jones? It's one of the great. If you watch, if you watch YouTube in 2007, I'll show you during the commercial it's break. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, it put YouTube on the map. All right, we want to hear too if you have thoughts. Radical, reckless thoughts. Let's let, let's not just who might the Vikings draft in the first round. Like we'll do that, but it might take bigger changes to get the Vikings to that great level that we talk about. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We'll get an update on the Miguel Sano extension from Derek Wetmore. We'll also uh, have our scoop session with Doogie at five o'clock. Here we sit in these TCL studios. TCL is the studio sponsor of of Score North. And it's America's fastest-growing TV brand. And TCL is available. These TVs are in any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. You get that built-in Roku device. So I am a cord cutter as of last week. I just I finally got sick of staring at the cable bill and saying, first of all, why does it start with a two? Uh, why, why am I why am I paying like a monthly mortgage basically for my entertainment platforms? So I took I took some advice from Rami there YouTube you TV. Yes, sir. And uh, paired that with with internet, and now I'm I'm saving a bunch of money, and I've got the built-in Roku with my TCL TV. Boom! You just hit a button. There you are. It's amazing, You're right there. And you don't have to worry about all the like the like the little cable box and all the cords and all the BS. That, it's so much cleaner. Like my cat chews on those, right? And it's just ridiculous. So if you're a cord cutter, TCL. That's where it's at, tclusa.com. Judd Zolgat. Thank you, Phil Mackey. That gives me a chance to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group, and their guaranteed sales program. As sports fans, as I've been talking about, what do we love? We, we love guarantees, right? Now, what if I told you 
about a guarantee that could hit much closer to home. And I mean that literally, because if you are looking to sell your house, Jason and his team will guarantee the sale of your home when you list with, and it's this simple, the Walgrave Real Estate Group. I said guarantee. Well, I have a guaranteed offer when you can have a guaranteed sale. And it's this simple. All you need to do is go to minnesotahometalk.com and click on the guaranteed sale button to learn how this program works. If you're going to be moving this spring, and I know there's pressure, right? You got to you gotta get everything in order. You got to talk to people. There is pressure. Well, then what I want you to do is get hold of Jason and go to their guaranteed sale program, and that will help you out. It'll make your life simple. Again, go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on the guaranteed sale button to learn more. That is minnesotahometalk.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button. Minnesotahometalk.com, guaranteed sale button to guarantee the sale of your house. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Jonathan here with the Score North Download Destination Winter St. Paul featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate. And the Securian Financial Super Slide is open now through February 22nd at CHS Field. Over in St. Paul, the Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. And the Securian Financial Super Slide is open Thursday through Sunday. For more information, visit scorenorth.com keyword winter. We'll get back to more Mackie and Judd with Rami in just a second. More on that Miguel Sano extension, what that means. Derek Wetmore will be joining the boys here in just a second. But first, Eric Kendricks talked to the media yesterday, talking and reflecting on his first year as an All-Pro, saying... I have a, I have a little bit reflected on, on my year um, this morning at breakfast. Uh, like I said, I just feel blessed, you know, for the opportunity. Um, to did a lot of good things. You know, obviously, I feel like I can elevate my game even more. So I'm looking for the opportunity to do that, see, see what I can do and make changes. Um, Take care of my body, be the best I can for the team, and shoot, and and just be you know get after it, be the, the, the psycho animal that I am. That's been your score on download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. What did he say at the end there? The psycho, psycho animal. animal. Yep. <laughs> the psycho animal that I am. All right, I like that. I think it's good to channel your inner psycho animal. Jed, are you okay? You're right over there. What are you I, what's going on? I rolled over my uh, my cord, and it was very uh, disconcerting. So I had to undo the rolling over of the cord. Look over, Jed's like bent over with his head between his what? thighs. No, oh, my head was Jed not was that, that far down. No, I had to get it uh, get the cord out of the wheel of my why you, chair. Why wouldn't you just remove the headphones first? Oh no, because that's okay. Because. Here's the problem with that. <laughs> then you got to pull the cord up to do the thing. It was just easier to, to lift the chair quickly. Plus, I had to think quickly. <laughs> I mean, this was on the air. The bullets were flying, as the kids say. Okay, this is, this is I had to make decisions. Right I here. had to make decisions. <laughs> I want to mock. mock. I want to mock. mock. That's right. That time of year again. Yes, it is. And Rami Makhlouf. I actually, I am remiss. I don't know about you guys, but I'll I'll apologize. This is Mock Draft 2.0 from The Athletic. I missed 1.0. I, 1.0. Must have come out right after the season? Somehow slipped under the radar and all the Vikings madness over the last wow. few weeks. I'm not sure, but this was this is uh, how The Athletic, The Athletic's Dane Brugler, I should say, sees the 2020 NFL Draft playing out. You guys let me know when do you they want have me the, to stop. Do, right? do they have the Vikings trading up for Tua, too? I don't think he includes uh, potential trades in this. This is just a straight mock draft. So with the first pick, he has the Bengals taking Joe Burrow, unsurprisingly. Poor guy. Chase Young, edge rusher from Ohio State, going number two to Washington. 
Detroit Lions will take cornerback Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State. Yeah, not when the Vikings have that pick. Giants at number four, they will go with Jedrick Willis, offensive tackle, Alabama. Okay. At number five, Miami Dolphins taking Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, so that's quarterback. Yeah, you got to get up to Alabama. Four. I think you got to get up to four. I think that's a foregone conclusion that if Tua gets to the Dolphins, he gone. I don't think you can. I think you're going to have to move up to four if that's the guy you have your heart set on. Yeah, this right. is this is murderer's row of now, teams desperate for quarterbacks here. The next quarterback going off the board after uh, Tua at five to the Dolphins is number six. The Chargers taking Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon, and then the Carolina Panthers take defensive tackle Derek Brown, Derek Brown out of Auburn. Arizona will go with Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Iowa. You want me to just jump ahead to the sure. to Minnesota Vikings at twenty five. Minnesota Vikings at 25, according to Dane Brugler of The Athletic in Mock Draft 2.0, has them taking Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle, Georgia. I want a mock! Mock! Minnesota. I want to mock! Mock! Elects to move Riley Reef inside to guard. Offensive tackle shoots to the top of the Vikings' wish list. Wilson has the natural talent that has created buzz in the scouting community. Yeah, I just don't know if adding a tackle to this collection moves the needle for me. Now, long term, you you need a left tackle. He's a left tackle. I assume so. Yeah. Okay. Just as offensive tackle. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I just think the quarterback has to be addressed here at some point, don't you guys? I, I yeah, just absolutely. I don't think you can keep saying because Kirk Cousins was the best the Vikings could do, and that's instructive. Free agent quarterbacks don't walk unless Kirk is the rarity. And he was allowed to walk for a reason, right? So, man, I just don't see. Do you really want to keep going down this path of trying to fill in and trying to? And then once in a while, you get Brett Favre, and it's great, it's fun, but it's Brett Favre at the end. The next quarterback taken after number six, just to give you an idea of the depth of this quarterback class. Yes, sir. Comes at forty-four with the Colts taking Jake Fromm out of Georgia. I want a mock. Mock. Interesting. Where does Jalen Hurts go? So later, later in the second round. Did I miss Jalen Hurts? Hang on one sec. Let me see. He's kind of projected late first, second. So, and I've seen I've seen some rankings where Jake Fromm is above. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. He's not in this, and this goes through two two full rounds, and he doesn't have Jalen. I'm not Hurts. super sold on either of those guys, by the way. Neither am I. Fromm the, or Hurts. This is where I I would only and I, again, who knows? Like maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe we're wrong, but Tua seems to present such a great combination of mobility, accuracy. And leadership, and those are that's that's the holy grail. I mean, that's that's what Pat Mahomes is. He is mobility, accuracy, and he can throw a ball 174 yards. Yep. And leadership. Uh, we got a couple phone calls here. I'm, we're, we're welcoming your ideas, reckless or not. How would you fix the Minnesota Vikings? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Will in St. Paul, you're on Score North. Hey, I love the Tua idea. I'm all in, except I feel like there's no way you're going to get Mike Zimmer in because, you know, most likely he's going to be coaching for his job next year. So I think you'd have a hard time convincing him to, you know, draft somebody for the future when, you know, he could lose his job if they don't win next year. You'd almost have to extend Mike Zimmer just to say, hey, man, like you might take a dip this year. Or not. You need to give him at least three or four more years, you know, on the contract. Otherwise, how are you going to convince him to draft somebody for the future instead of drafting, you know, a tackle or corner? Who's going to win right now? So now I, I love the idea. I just think if you don't extend Zimmer, then it kind of kind of makes him a lame duck even more than he already is. Sure. All right. I That's... actually think that the key extension is not Mike; it's Rick. Because we can always plan to move on behind behind Mike's back and say, "Hey, Rick, 
You're the GM. Yeah, because the two is two is unlikely to. He, you shouldn't play him next year. He should he should sit. He should heal. There's Absolutely. no reason to rush him back yep. from that kind of an injury. And you know, if you're a team that's trying to get to Super Bowl level, obviously your first round draft pick. It's not like you have ninety million dollars in cap space to just go buy all the free agents. You, one of your main additions to next year's team is a first round pick. And so if you're going to draft someone that's not going to play next year with your first round pick, and you you have to treat it as kind of a transition year. Not that you're just going to automatically go six and ten because you drafted Tua. I don't think that's the case either. You still have a formidable roster. Let's go to Chansey and Fargo here. You're on Mackie and Joe with Rami. What's up, Chansey? Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate after I was on Ventline the other day the uh Next caller asking for a wellness check from the uh, Fargo PD. So, <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm so we, we posted that call, and you're not going to get 10 minutes this time, but we gave you like 10 or 11 minutes last time, and we, we posted that video on our YouTube channel, and a bunch of people want yeah. you to have your own show. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's work toward that, Chansey. You know, I'm sure I'm not going to get 10 minutes. Before 1500 was turning to score north, you guys were having a contest where you were looking for somebody to have a Saturday host. Yeah. And I was all ready to put my video together and uh, try to get into the uh, State Fair editions and, and get down there because I do enjoy talking to sports with you guys, and I, I appreciate it. But yeah, uh, here's my reckless idea, all right? So I don't know if you guys are Breaking Bad fans or if you'd watched it. But yes, sir. I want the, Going through it again right, on, right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Walt and uh, Jesse are working for Gus, and Walt's – a little unpredictable, and Gus needs a solution to his supply chain problem. So he brings in another apprentice, right, to basically get trained in. Gabe. So what I want to happen here is I want the Wilfs to say, you know what, we're just going to be a little bit more hands-on in this interview process for the offensive coordinator, and uh, we're going to do some of the interviewing as well on this one. And we're going to Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, Kirk Cousins, you're all going to get a – just a one-year prove-it deal, and we're going to get involved in hiring the offensive coordinator. But really what they're doing is hiring their next head coach, right? So when you say, I want to draft Tua, you bring in the brightest offensive mind you can for offensive coordinator, and the will say, yep, we're really hiring the head coach. Gives you one more year to prove it with Zimmer, Cousins, Spielman, and if it flames out, you've got your quarterback in waiting, you've got the coach you want to coach him anyway in waiting, and you tell Mike Zimmer, uh, see you later. Uh, our offensive coordinators are the head Reckless speculation. But Chancey, what happened in Breaking Bad when Gus hired Walt's eventual replacement, or at least who he was planning on being Walt's eventual replacement, and Walt saw right through that? Uh, bullet in the forehead. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, Gabe got killed. Yeah, exactly. Why did you have to do that to Chancey's plan? Sorry, but it... <laughs> If Mike Zimmer is going to see through that, I'm not saying he's going to put a bullet in his eventual replacement's head, but... Hey, listen, Mike, we got a guy... So Josh McDaniels is just really interested in coming over here, working with Kirk. He's going to be your offensive coordinator. Sure he is. quarterback's coach. Okay. He's, he's just going to slide right in here. Knock, knock, uh, knock. We're giving him a huge pay boost in year two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chancey. Right, Chancey. We'll talk soon. Mike Thanks for Zimmer calling, is the one who knocks. Hey, uh, Al pointed out to me, I, did, I missed one more quarterback in that that mock draft. It was Jordan Love out of Utah State going to the Patriots at 23. So Jordan Love would be Tom Brady's heir apparent then. Apparently, yes. Another one in a long line of guys that are going to replace Tom Brady. Hmm. Speaking of Breaking Bad, that's more like it with 
Tom, I'm going to be your, your replacement. No, you're not. It's funny. I'm going through Breaking Bad again. It's the second time right now, and I just got past that part that Chancey was talking about there. I'm right, I'm right about That's where you knew Gabe? in that part of the series, yeah. That was very good. Mm-hmm. I like how Chancey thinks. Got to be honest. Let's take one more here. Chris, Gabe doesn't. For, for now, anyways. Christine in southern Minnesota. Hi, Christine. Hey, hey there. Um, great show so far, and, and uh, Rami, you just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, the thing about going with Tua is we have to give up so much, and then we can't re- – you know, we're already under cap trouble. I'm all for going for someone like a Taysom Hill, and – Maybe even, hey, Zim like too, Teddy B. You know, both are free agents this year. Bring him in, keep Kirk, don't re-sign him. Let him come in next year. If it's Taysom, let him play with Kirk and then gradually bring him in. You know, um, that's kind of where I'm standing right now. Um, I'm, I know we're under cap trouble, um, but, you know, to give up so many draft picks and so much for Tua, and I love Tua, that just tells me we're not going to be able to beef up the offensive line or cornerbacks. Yeah. So I'm going to hang up and listen, man. All right. Love you guys. Thank Christine, you. thanks for calling. Appreciate you. Teddy's not coming back here. He'd also, he's not going to sit behind be, Kirk. He's going to make $20 million. And he's going to get paid a lot. Yeah. The, okay, so here's my question off of the calls as well, too. What do we and what do you expect the Vikings to be in 2020? Because I think that they could be a solid team. I think they can win eight, eight or nine games. But my whole premise is, how do you get this thing to a championship? Mm-hmm. Like, let's forget about the playoffs for a second. How do you get this to a championship? And I don't see, it, the way the game is played today, I don't see a path to that unless you have that quarterback. Agreed. I am so sick. I've been watching Vikings football since 1990. Judd's been watching Vikings football since the early to mid-1970s. And a lot of you listeners either jumped on board during the, the Randy Moss run in 1998 and you've been watching for 20, 30 years, or maybe... You go back old school and you watched four Super Bowl losses. You're in the Patrick Royce bin and you've watched basically 50 or 60 years of Vikings football. Aren't you sick of the Vikings for 50 plus years being pretty darn good and nine and seven and 10 and six and they win a division once every three years and then they change out their quarterback and they change out their coach every five years. Aren't you sick of that? I don't, I don't, I don't think we have to be afraid to sit here. And, and I, I think people are so paralyzed by what you might lose. Well, whoa, if, I mean, boy, if you give up Kirk Cousins, then who is your quarterback? The Vikings went to the postseason in 2012. They won 10 games with Christian Ponder as their quarterback. You can do it that way too. I would say it's more risky in in these next couple drafts where you've got some bona fide dudes and there's probably some hidden gems like this Jordan Love I have I've never watched Jordan Love play football but like there's probably another couple guys that we've never even really watched that are also going to be studs and if you're stuck in these next couple years this year next year and you're stuck on cousins because well but like if you give up cousins what's right, you know you're worried about what's going to happen who cares what's the worst that can happen you draft Mitch Trubisky second coming sorry Rami earmuffs well they did Christian Ponder and Christian Ponder they did it you, and they went to the playoffs like you can still get to the playoffs that's the worst case scenario I don't know if you guys uh, were following Sage Rosenfels while that Chiefs game was going on Saturday but as Patrick Mahomes was making marvelous play after marvelous play Sage just tweeted quite simply. Mitch Trubisky could make these plays. Just saying. That's our like guy. That he's physically capable of That's making these plays? That's our guy, Sage Rosenfels, who said that. Not me. With, with better coaching. Not me, the Bears fan. Was That's, Sage drinking during this time period? Or ask what, Sage what when happened I talked to, to him on Thursday. Mm, you ask him on Thursday. About Sage right now. You ask him on Thursday.
That's our QB don't guru, you, Sage Rosenfeld. Don't you want a franchise QB f- finally, though? There's a case to be made that long-term, this this is a team. The Vikings have not had a franchise quarterback since Tarkington. Because Culpepper sort of was that guy, but then he got hurt in, what, 2005 mm-hmm. and was done after that. You know, we're talking about how long. And they've had some nice, good QBs, and the Favre year uh, in 2009 was great fun. But don't you want to fill that spot? Yes. And, and now more than ever, filling that spot is the path to a championship. I mean, honestly, like if you were if if you're under the age of fifty, basically, and you didn't you didn't grow up watching Fran Tarkenton, depending on what you think about Tommy Kramer's run in the eighties, but and I was a big Kramer fan, but and he was he was a franchise quarterback, and it was for the a different it was a different era, yeah. exactly. But in the in the modern era, the nineteen nineties and the in the two thousand yep. the two thousand tens, the Vikings have never had a franchise quarterback for more than like three years. Dante Culpepper was a franchise quarterback, and. His knee now his knee imploded, but he also was terrible that season, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's possible his career was taken a nosedive, anyways. But mm-hmm. don't you want that? Like, what? What are we afraid of? You can. There's always going to be well, a Kirk Cousins. There's a Ryan Tannehill. A Kirk Cousins. There's always going to be a guy like that. I think we're afraid of the first round pick in April not being used to help the team immediately. I think that's the answer to your question. I, I'm, okay I'm just tired that. of it. I'm okay with the Vikings missing the playoffs next year if it means that. One step back, it takes two steps forward to get the quarterback that you need long-term. Yeah. That's where I'm at with I'm that. I'm with you. Uh, well, plenty more on this, by the way. Doogie's going to come in for a scoop session in the 5 o'clock. But we brought our guy in here, the host of the Scorner Twin Show. I got your mic here. Don't worry. You, can, you got Thanks, Radio You bro. got a radio. You got a, a notepad over there. So Derek, Derek Wetmore, find the Scorner Twin Show multiple days, and we're going to go back to five days a week coming up here during spring training. But... Uh, Miguel Sano signed a contract extension. You were at the press conference today. Yes. What can you tell us in the audience about the why here? Like, what what is the? It's, it kind of came out of nowhere, and yeah. it's, it kind of came during a time where we don't know if he's going to play third base or first base because they have a four year, one hundred some million dollar offer on the table for Josh Donaldson. <laughs> sure. So, what do you know? Well, the why would be some financial security for Sano from the Twins' perspective. You're signing up to hopefully get a deal. Right, If this guy develops or continues to play and stay healthy the way that you hope that he does if you're the Twins, I mean, you got a screaming bargain on your hand. Rami and I were just talking about like the possible value here if it goes according to plan. And if it doesn't, the downside is like, okay, you were forced to pay his arbitration years in one free agent. Uh, contract for what it's worth, I heard some details today on it's like 3 and 30. Uh, so $30 million over those three seasons. And that includes a buyout of a fourth-year option. You're buying out possibly two free agent years once you factor in the option. If he hits all his performance bonuses, which uh, could be sky high, by the way. I don't think he'll hit them all necessarily. But if he were to hit them all, that option for the fourth year would be $17 million instead of 14. Bottom line, maxes out at four years, $44.25 million. So it's a slightly different contract, guys, than they'd done with Max Kepler or done with Jorge Polanco. But it's the same idea. Lock in value now, and then hopefully the guy's performance on the field pops. I love this, too, because there are a lot of different potential directions, gentlemen. I know exactly you where you're here. going No, seriously. Chad. Yeah. If, if it works, it's fantastic. It's a great contract. If you feel that it's not working out to your satisfaction, <laughs> making a trade here is as simple as possible. 
So I think that this is a smart, in an off season in which I think the Twins have far too often twiddled their thumbs and disappointed For us, sure. I like this move, and I don't see a downside here because the contract, somebody will take this and think it's a good deal. I brought that up, Judd, with two people with the Twins today, just for a laugh. And, uh, they're not laughing. They're obviously, like they're soldiers, not right? looking to shop Miguel Sano right now. That's why you signed him to a you know, sort of long-term deal here. They view this as he's a twin. Now, by the way... Three encouraging things for you, Judd. These are specific to you, by the way. I like it. He was asked about Josh Donaldson. Hey, you know, the Twins are looking to sign a third baseman, maybe. How do you feel about that? And he was, I thought he had the perfect answer. You know what? I'm a third baseman, and if they ask me to play first base because our team is better because of it, I'll play first base. You know? I liked the mature answer to the question rather than running and hide from it or or puffing at your chest with false bravado. So being willing to play first base, check in the Zolgad box. Secondly, Miguel looked good today. I don't know if you saw him on the broadcast yesterday at the at the Timberwolves game. He looks good. In okay, fact, did, did you did I hear you right when we were talking off air that he had a giant necklace that said his his name on it? So no. You don't got one of those, Phil? We should, get, we should get Judd one of those. You don't have an or eponymous chain, Phil? Zolgad chain. The Zolgad chain. Well, you went Zolgad? to my car right now. I figured you oh, would just yeah, go extends, Judd. It extends all across my chest. Dude, we have a lot of gold <laughs> if you're going Zolgad. What was, was, what, was it? The when Miami Hurricanes that had the turnover chain yeah. a couple years yeah. ago? We need a hot take chain around here. Yes. The hottest, hottest take of the day. You Changes get to wear the hands. chain for a yes. day. Yeah, I'm down Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Depends on the value of the chain. You might just walk out with it on a Friday. (laughs) If it's yours. So another good thing in the checkbox of uh, Zolgadian theories here, he walked in with like a a sport coat on, blazer, whatever, but he was wearing like skin tight sort of Under Armour or whatever, the compression shirt. He goes up to do this like sort of press conference, and he takes the coat off, and then just sits up there with the compression sleeves to be like showing the guns. Hey, dude, I'm in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we thought he was in shape a year ago at this time, and remember the twins were boasting about that, and he comes to camp with a cut on his heel. Yeah. All right, so you got to avoid that part of it, but the good shape part of it, Uh it was an encouraging sign. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's not in good shape, but as somebody who fluctuates between like okay shape and not so great shape myself, I'm telling you right now, the compression shirt, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice club to have in your bag. That's exactly right. It's like male Spanx. Really? Exactly right. Compression shirts are Spanx for dudes. 100%. Really? That might be, that might be Miguel trying to hide something. I'm not saying it is. It's muscle. But I'm saying he might be trying to hide something. Okay, he's holding it in in all the right places. Was it a dark colored compression shirt or white? White compression shirt. Okay, white's that's confidence. He stayed in pretty good shape. He's, he has stayed in pretty good shape. I don't know if he's in the best shape of his life. I guess we'll find out in spring training when we always find that thing out. That up to help out some <laughs> listeners and let them know you could there look, you, go. you could look a little slimmer. It's a club for the bag. Exactly. The third thing, Judd, that I'll Put say some and compression shirts in your wardrobe. Heard this from a couple of people, and I think it's encouraging for Twins fans. And sure. You might be encouraged, or you might dismiss it out of hand. But I'm going to tell you anyway. They're trading him for pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Rockies. They're yeah, gonna, he's signed. They're going to spin it's him done. off. <laughs> it's done. So he is uh, making an effort, a concerted effort. Yeah. Um. To, and I didn't just hear this from Sano, obviously, to surround himself with the right group of people. And it's easy to say that, and it's another thing to do it. But I think two years ago, Judd, I didn't think he'd be talking like that. Sure. You know, talk, surrounding himself with the right people, not just his family necessarily. He thanked all his family today at the press conference. But like you put the right people in your 
what do you want to call it, in your crew or whatever, that they're going to look out for you and have your best interest in mind. Easier said than done. I get it. But I like the fact, I thought it was encouraging that he was even talking so about Cruz that. So Cruz is paying off big time, basically. Oh, man. I no, mean, that, that's, that's, that's that move. That's what I heard today. Like, not specifically, they said, hey, this is Nelson Cruz. Right. But every time somebody said something, I kept thinking, oh, that's a Nelson Cruz impact. Yeah. In fact, Nelson, you know, I, I didn't thought of it this way, but... Because for so long, when Miguel Sano was 18, 19, 20 years old, and he's putting up numbers in the minor leagues, and the comparison was, boy, he can he can be Miguel Cabrera. And, I mean, Miguel Cabrera compared to Miguel Sano in terms of strikeout rate. Like, you can't that hit ships. 330 yeah. and strike out 250 times yeah. or have a pitch. That ship but, has probably sailed, yeah. But is it possible that first base, DH, long term, that, that Nelson Cruz might be the actual upside, then maybe that's the bar for Miguel Sano. If he were to be peak Miguel Sano, he's probably Nelson Cruz. If you want to think about like the age and the maturity curve and everything like that, like think about where Nelson Cruz was in his own career when he was the age that Miguel yeah. Sano is right now. Popped for what, roids or whatever it was. Yeah, he, got a, he was like one of the early suspension guys in his, uh, mm-hmm. around age 30 or so. If it doesn't work out in baseball, boys. Judge, you might like this. He's working out with a guy who trains a lot of American football players right now, based out of, I think Dallas, Texas. Miguel Sano's doing his daily workouts with this 2021 guy. 2021 O line Vikings. <laughs> Dude, he looks like a D tackle to me. Put him in the middle there. Oh, see, I Vikings would put might need Pineda. Cut, they need uh, a three. Yeah. at right tackle. Sano left tackle. You are set. Sano could be a three technique tackle for sure. <laughs> yeah. No doubt be about surprised. it. Is he playing any ball this winter? No, I asked him about no, that. No, thank God he's not. <laughs> I asked him about that, and he said, uh, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, just, uh, maybe he should just wear the walking boots everywhere he goes. Just avoid avoid any uh, potential just be safe. heel tears. Wrap right? him in bubble wrap when he's not working out or playing baseball. Just one fi- final thing. We, we yeah, did man. not see the brass today. Is that correct? No, that's correct. So we're not going to see them until Twins Fest? Uh, not not sure what their plan is. If they were uh, busy today negotiating a Josh Donaldson long-term deal or, or, not, or not wanting to talk publicly about the pending Josh Donaldson. Or, hey, maybe they've worked so hard this winter that they're hanging out on a beach in Mazatlan. I don't know. There's only one answer that would satisfy me, and that is they were on the phone with the Rockies talking Gray and Arenado. For Sano. <laughs> well, I don't care who they trade. I'm, I mean, I'm dead serious. This is... If the Cardinals, as we've talked, if the Cardinals can get this guy, why aren't you involved? Yeah, and and I and I think the fact that it's now being reported that so Mookie Betts has one year left on his contract. It's now being reported by national guys that Arenado is more likely to be traded than lame duck contract Mookie Betts. So he's he's going to get traded. I think he's going to be for sure. And I don't understand why the Twins aren't involved. Uh, yeah, are there, is there anything linking them in the conversations at all? It's mostly just only my Cardinals brain and, Rockies, and Judd's right? brain. Yeah. The latest I've seen is the Cardinals and the Cubs are in on Nolan Arenado right now. I'll take yeah. Chris Bryan off your hands. But what you know, the St. Louis Cardinals. God bless them. I don't hate them as some people on this show do. They're the worst. But if the, if the St. Louis Cardinals can be involved in these talks, then you can be. They're fine yeah. people. Those starts Cardinals fans starts with Royce Lewis, and that's fine. Yeah, I'm not so. hanging up. No, I know. That's why I do threw I it got, out to you. Do we got to run the Twins and Vikings? <laughs> Not hanging up. I'm picking up the phone and making I'm, I'm that I'm with offer. you on this. Rami's hitting FaceTime. But how FaceTime. many teams can we run? Yeah, I'm going straight to FaceTime. We talked about like the levels of relation. It starts with text. The hierarchy of you trade progr- communication. You, you progress to phone call, and then I'm it's FaceTime you. when you just have to see each other. The only guy in this town I'm, I'm going, not going to help I'm is going, Glenn Taylor, okay? I'm going I'm straight to FaceTime if I'm the Twins. I'm saying, I'll die you up right now. Let's, we <laughs> can, right we now. can center on. a deal Hold around on. Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov. Talk to him. Judd is doing an old-timey camera mod now. All right, I'll talk to him. Judd, I was talking about on one of these. He's literally doing the hand crank. 
you in the hand. Is that your first cell phone? It's the Rockies on the phone. <laughs> That's Derek Wetmore from the Score North Twin Show uh, and scorenorth.com. So Thanks, guys. You can find the Score just, North Twin Show. Just did on one today. Score North app. Right before this show, Derek and right I now. did a Twin Show. It's so good. Real good. The best one that Rami and I have done today. It's really, really good. This is the Modest Mackie and Jeb with Rami show here on Score North. Uh, we'll get Doogie in here for inside information about our local sports teams, the weekly scoop session when we come back here after we talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to help business owners. Business owners like Glenn Taylor, Judd Zolgad, uh, will be happy to know. No, I don't. I don't think Federated. I don't think they help professional sports teams. Now they they do work with University of Minnesota athletics. In fact, the money that Federated raises for uh, turnovers for kids every time the Gophers defense forced a turnover this last year and going forward uh, generated thousands of dollars for Big Brothers and Big Sisters. In fact, over the last fifteen years, Federated. And the Federated Teen Challenge have raised over $35 million for big brothers and big sisters in Minnesota. There's just a big write-up in the Star Tribune that I saw here in the last couple of days. And they take that same charitable spirit and they apply it to your business. They're here to help you win as a business owner and give you peace of mind that when something bad happens to the company that you built, that you've got someone standing right behind you. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more about the industries Federated protects. And remember, Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Also, I know there's a lot of people who listen to the show. There's, there's a lot of people who are in their early 30s, and there's a lot of people who are closer to retirement age. And it doesn't matter if you're 30 or if you're 60. There's adjustments that you can make to your saving strategy that can either make or cost you money in your older years, in your retirement years. Tondrick Wealth Management will help you set up a plan to make sure that you are on the right track financially for retirement. Think about this. Dale Tondrick spends his entire life every single day helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. Dale Tondrick is a trusted source of information to help you save money for the future and help you be able to call your shots. I don't I don't care how old you are. There are things you can and should be doing to make sure you get to dictate what your life looks like in retirement. Call Tondrick Wealth Management today. The number is 952-401-1671. Tell them Phil Mackey told you to call. I've known Dale for a number of years. 952-401-1671 or go to myinvestingcoach.com and start preparing your playbook for retirement. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I think we'll have to make some tough decisions in a lot of areas, not just in the secondary. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, again, we're going to have to sit down and, um, you know, with Rick and, and Rob and George and sit down and talk about. You know where we're at with salary cap, where we're at with uh, players, the age of the players, the who we feel like are going to be core core players for us uh, in the future. You know we've always done this player evaluation thing with the coaches right after the season, and I just felt like this it's not it's not the right time, and we should get away from it, um, so that we're not biased in whatever happened in the last ball game or you know the last two weeks or whatever it was. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. That was Mike Zimmer just talking about tough decisions that they're going to have to make on various players. It's 5 o'clock on Tuesday, and that means it's time for our scoop session here with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, and the Scoop podcast available on the Score North app and anywhere you find podcasts. And Doogie, 
Let's start with Vikings. What, I feel. What can you do? What you got? All kinds of player contract speculation. George Payton is in the mix potentially for a Browns GM job. So you open your Vikings notebook and start wherever you want. Well, to. I just texted with somebody close to George Payton, wondering if he will accept the Cleveland interest. You know, Cleveland reached out and said, "Hey, we want to interview George." And George hasn't decided yet. I think if he accepts the interview, I think it's his job if he wants it. Now, he may go and accept the interview and decide that Jimmy Haslam is a you-know-what, that it's an impossible organization to work for, to work with, and he may ultimately end up back here. But I do think if he ultimately accepts the interview, that is a pretty big deal because he has turned down multiple opportunities in years past. I mean, quite frankly, and a lot of fans don't know who he is, but the Vikings assistant general manager should be some team's general manager. That's how highly thought of he is within the game. I mean, so many people have such a healthy opinion of George Payton. So I am surprised that he's turned down numerous opportunities. I mean, the Jets GM job, the last time the Jets went through the process, the Jets job was his. If he wanted to be the Jets general manager, he could have been, but he said no. He was not interested in interviewing. But anyway, he has not made up his mind yet. That would be the headline from about 30 minutes ago, texting with somebody that is incredibly close to George. Are the Browns moving on and interviewing other people, or are they waiting, and is he is he the guy who they've sort of targeted as, as the one that they want? Well, there's the guy, Barry, who used to work in their front office, who's now in the Philadelphia front office, that has some sort of working relationship with Kevin Stefanski. So that name certainly means something and means something in this in this search. But yeah, I'm just saying, I think George is the guy they really, really want. It's on George whether he wants to accept that job and so, accept the interview. So, Duke, as I go through the list of uh, pending guys who the Vikings are going to either have to decide who to bring back in free agency in March or not. We've got Everson Griffin as a key name, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, and Anthony Harris. If there is one of those names that you think is especially important and near and dear to Mike Zimmer's heart, which one is it? It's the last one you said. It's Anthony Harris. I mean, if Mike Zimmer gets his way, Anthony Harris is back. I mean, if you really had to prioritize all those guys, all the names you laid out, even more. If you ask Mike Zimmer, when they have their personnel meetings coming up here in the coming days and weeks, he is going to go to bat for Anthony Harris more than anyone else. Doesn't mean that it's a foregone conclusion that Harris will be back, because I heard you bring this up earlier on, it was either Score North Live or one of the shows earlier today, That, and you're right, you can't pay Harrison Smith what you're paying him I mean, it's eight figures, right? I mean, he's making about $10 million for the Harrison 2020 Smith year. It has a base salary of $8.4 million for next season and a $10.8 million cap hit. Okay, so the so cap hit is 10, eight. So, 10, I mean, yeah. you've got the 10 eight cap hit. I mean, Anthony Harris, I mean, pro football focus, whatever you think of pro football focus, I mean, they have him as the number three overall free agent. Amari Cooper's one. You go down the list. Anthony Harris is their number three unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, you can make a case that he is going to get paid. Should it be the Vikings that pay him, considering all the issues they have? I mean, right now they have the least amount of money to spend. They are number 32 in the league. They have zero cap flexibility. Doesn't mean that they won't eventually have some by making some moves, Rhodes, maybe Linval Joseph, some other guys. But right now they have zero flexibility. But I'm just saying Zimmer would go to bat for Harris more than anyone else. He loves Anthony Harris. And by the way, that's that's zero flexibility Including the guys that are coming off the books as free agents, anyways, right? I mean, so so if you let's say you cut let's say you cut bait on Xavier Rhodes and you cut bait on Riley Reef, it might free you up to, if you wanted to bring back one or two of your free agents, but it, do, it doesn't free up enough room to bring back a couple of guys in house and a couple of big time. They're just in a really tough spot to add onto this roster. Yeah, I mean, I think we knew that. I mean, after they made the decision to bring back Anthony Barr, when you make the decision to give Kirk Cousins. 
that contract. We knew at some point this day would come. But yeah, I mean, they are in salary cap, you know what. Yeah. I mean, more so than any other time with Rob Brzezinski in charge. And Rob has been here for a really long time. Yeah, I mean, Worse than is... last year? Because last March was well, awful, too. I don't remember them being number 32. I mean, the, cor- the quarterback yeah. just ties you up. He does. That's a, yeah. and, like I mean, him or not. You know, I mean, I think a lot of us made the comment at the time that did it really make logical sense to give Anthony Barr all that money? I mean, sometimes right. you need to make tough decisions. I think Eric Wilson, personally, I think if you gave Eric Wilson all those snaps, the drop-off would not be significant. Would there be a drop-off? Yes. Is Anthony Barr a really good player? He is. But at times, look at the New England Patriots, other organizations, you have to make tough decisions. I think in this instance, going back to last March, they should have said, Anthony, thank you. Go on to the New York Jets. That's And that's why so we started the show off today, and we just like, we, we went down this path of not just like who should they draft in the first round, but what are some aggressive things? Reckless speculation. That they can do because, Doogie, the Vikings, for as long as we have been alive watching them, if you're around our age group and you and you missed the 70s Super Bowls, and but, but you've watched all throughout the 98, the Vikings have been good, not great, basically every year except 98 and 09, and they, and they lost in the NFC Championship game. And, I mean, they don't lose in a normal way. More often than not, it's either complete yeah. heartbreak or complete embarrassment, right? And, I mean, they either lay an egg or... Yeah, I mean, it's Gary Anderson, it's the knee, it's 09, you know, the the debacle in New Orleans, January of 2010, the 09 season. I mean, they just, they oftentimes just don't lose a playoff game or a significant game in a normal way. And I have no personal interest in them going 10 and 6 next year and getting beat in the wild card round or the divisional round. That does nothing for me. I'm okay with them taking a step back next year and even missing the playoffs if they need to to get it right for the next 10 years. And that means at quarterback, too. I would have my radar up to be trading up. I'd be looking at trading up into the top 10. You might have to trade up into the top 5 to get Tua because the Dolphins are sitting there at 5. But like I, I'm more interested in aggressive things that they can do, trades, you name it, to be better for the next 10 years than good. I'm with you, but I just have zero sense that the Wilfs agree with you, that Rick Spielman agrees with you, hmm. that Mike Zimmer agrees with you. So... More than likely, I think what you just laid out probably takes place. They're in the mix. Maybe they get to double-digit victories in 2020, but maybe they're hovering around eight or nine wins. But I don't think they're ready to hit the rebuild. I'm with you, though. Me, personally, depending on what it would take. Now, the Chiefs, a couple years ago, gave up their first, the next year's first, and a third. Yep. To get up how many spots 17, to take Mahomes? 27 to 10. 27 to 10. You got to go okay. from 25 to, to probably four. You got to right, get ahead so, of Miami. I mean, you're looking at 25. You're looking Rami at the busted out the draft first. value chart earlier today. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't even know if that chart has a lot of value this day. I mean, the chart's fun fodder, but I don't know if it has a ton of value to this day. It's a but, value chart, dude. Yeah, how does it not have value? I don't. What What did it say? I mean, did it say what? It said like, they would this ask, year's first, next year's first? Was, yeah, we, we estimated this year's first, next year's first, and a second in one of those drafts as well, and you probably have to throw in a consolation like fourth or fifth. I mean, it would probably be this year's second. Right. This is a pretty good draft, I would imagine, mm-hmm. that whomever you're dealing with would want this year's second, not wait a year. I mean, depending on the medicals, I mean, if Tua checks out okay, if you could tell me that you could get Tua for that, if you told me pick, and it depends on, I guess, what Tennessee does here the rest of the way, where the Vikings will pick, but 
about what pick 24, 25, 23, somewhere in that range, 24, 25. 25 for the Vikings. 25. That's where they've locked into, yeah. They are locked in they're locked regardless in of what takes place with the mm-hmm. Titans. It's in 25. Okay, so they're pick 25. So, yeah, I mean, if you told me pick 25, the 2021 first-round pick, and this year's second gets you to a, sign me up. Like, that to me is a no-brainer type deal, but I'm just telling you, my sense is, they're not thinking along those lines. Now you said you don't think they're ready to go in full in on the rebuild. Are they are they ready to go in on any sort of re up and and committing to Spielman, Zimmer, Cousins, or any combination of their beyond twenty twenty? Yeah, I fully expect Zimmer and Spielman to get contract extensions. Now the question is, is it a one year extension for both? Is it a multiple year extension for both? I don't think it's gonna be a three year extension for both. Maybe it's two years. I mean it's gonna be one or two years. I do think they will sit down with Kirk Cousins' agent at the Combine late February in, in Indianapolis and just get a get a gauge on what it would take to extend him. I do think that this regime is pretty much all in on Kirk Cousins beyond 2020. What's our sense of what, when they're going to meet and talk about that very fact, too? Because I think that's a very important discussion, is where can Kirk take us, uh, potentially, with what Kirk is going to want? Do we have a sense of the Wilfs and Rick and, I guess, Mike and Gary Kubiak? Because I think the key question is, what can Cousins do? Realistically, he ties up a ton of cap space. If this was 1995, I might be ecstatic right now and say, yeah, that's as good as you're possibly going to do. Drop back quarterback, okay, he can't sense pressure, but that's okay. But it's not. It's 2020. So I think the most important question now becomes Dukes. When are they going to sit down and sort of determine the path of of not just the coach GM, but probably most importantly, the path of the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think it's in the next couple of weeks, and they talk to Cousins' agent, Mike McCartney, at okay. the Combine. And also interesting on Mike, by the way, McCartney, the agent for, for Kirk Cousins' priority sports out of Chicago. Yeah. He's actually the son of the former Colorado Buffaloes coach. You know, the promise keepers guy, you know, that Bill. guy. So it's a legendary, yeah, Bill McCartney. Mm-hmm. It's a legendary football family. But anyway, Mike has some intriguing free agents, including this guard from the New England Patriots. It's Josh. Is it Thuney? Tooney? Look up the name. He's a top five or top ten pro football focus free agent. Hey, I mean, to me, I mean, you're already talking to him. I mean, tampering happens all the time if you're the Vikings. Yeah. I would bring up that name. I don't know if the Patriots are going to try to bring him back, but the Patriots oftentimes yeah. let guys go. That free agent guard would make a lot of sense here, protecting Mike McCartney's premier guy, premier client, Kirk Cousins. What's what's more likely in your mind, Doogie? By the way, this is uh, anytime you're listening to Mackie and Jeb with Rami, you're in the middle of 25 straight minutes of Mackie and Jeb with Rami, whether you like it or not. Doogie, you can find him on Five Eye News. Whether my bladder likes it or not, too, it's happening. <laughs> Listen, you got a mug. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Stay away from, <laughs> stay away from my Judd's football. Coffee cup there, you're no. Go. Uh, you can find Doogie's Scoop podcast on the Scornorth app, Apple or Spotify. Doogie, what do you think is more likely? In there, I'm only giving you two options. Okay, option one: the Vikings bring back all the you know they bring back obviously Cousins and Zimmer and Spielman, and they they make some draft and free agency tweaks however they can to this current roster, and they take the next step. They become Super Bowl contenders, legit Super Bowl contenders, or that this is just kind of the window closing on this particular era and core, and it's it, it, we've seen it five or six times in our lives watching Vikings football. What's more likely of those two, mm-hmm. the latter? Yeah, that the window is closing. I'm not going to suggest it's completely closed, but yeah, I mean it's more closed 
than open. I mean, I just don't see with this current core. I mean, let's keep in mind, too, they got relatively lucky in 2019 from an injury standpoint. I mean, and Thielen missed a lot of action. You know, Cook was hurt when you really needed him for that Green Bay game. They had injuries, don't get me wrong. But comparatively speaking, I mean, they were okay off. You're not guaranteed that sort of injury luck. I mean, Stephon Diggs had always missed a game, right? At least one game in his career. He plays every game. I mean, will you have that sort of luck in 2020? I tend to think maybe not. And maybe it skews the other way. So just for myriad reasons, yeah, I do. I think it's it's more closed than open. Dalvin Cook Dukes has a base salary of $1.3 million for next season, okay? Um, it's the last year of his rookie contract, and because he wasn't a first-round pick, it's a four-year contract. There's no fifth-year option mm-hmm. to execute here. So he is truly going into the last year. Odds that his agent calls the Vikings and says, my client is not showing up for training camp without a new contract. And my sense is if that contract is going to be top-line contract, I don't see how the Vikings in their current cap structure can give him that. Do you agree? And what's your sense of what Dalvin and his people are going to be looking for? Well, I mean, they're going to be looking for Ezekiel Elliott-type money, if not more. Which is six years, $90 million with 50 guaranteed, just to be Correct. clear I how mean, much that, that is. is what they will be looking for Ooh. or more. I mean, I can just tell you that definitively. Yeah, the agent is going to have back and forth with the Vikings. Will the agent advise Cook to hold out? I mean, what sort of leverage do you have? I mean, I guess look at Melvin Gordon. What did Melvin Gordon truly accomplish sitting out all the time he did? With the Chargers. Now, the agent is relatively young. I mean, he's he's like in his mid to late 20s. I mean, yeah. we're not talking a big-time agent. I mean, he's trying to build up his clientele, his business. But I think he's savvy and shrewd enough. I've talked to him enough, texted with him enough, where I think there's some savvy there that I guess I would be surprised if he advised his client, who has zero leverage, to hold out of training camp. But make no mistake, they are looking for big-time money. Would I pay him? No. And I get it. Run first offense. That offense goes as Dalvin Cook goes. He's a phenomenal player. Just my overall philosophy with the salary cap is I can't pay any running back stupid money. If he's still productive next year and I'm the Vikings, I just franchise tag him year to year until he falls off the inevitable cliff that running backs fall off when they get around that age in the NFL. That franchise number's pretty big, though. I mean, is it 19, 20 million? Give but he's take? worth it as long as he's productive. Yeah, on a one year. It's just a matter yeah. of committing to that long-term deal where he's not going to be worth it on the back end like the like the Cowboys just did with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, when's the last time the Vikings used the franchise tag? Not to say that they Chad won't Greenway. or wouldn't. Greenway, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I thought it was Greenway, was it? But but the problem, the problem that the but Cook, that's not a bad idea, Rob. The Cook camp has one problem, though. Their client doesn't stay healthy, which the Vikings are going to use against them. But am I going to send Dalvin Cook into the last year of his contract at a really low base salary and risk him being hurt? I'd almost rather hold him out and try and force the Vikings' hand to possibly even trade him. Because if Delvin Cook is not going to play sixteen games, I don't I get think it. ever. I right? don't disagree. No, but, but if I but if but I'm why would the Vikings agent, then I know why would they play into that? Why would they say okay, sure? No, I don't think they will. Him. No, I don't think they will. What what I'm saying is I don't think he shows, and I think they say okay, don't show up. Mm, I let's bet. I I think he shows. Right now, I would say he shows. <sighs> Even bucks. with the money he wants, I think he shows. Case of beer. That's fine. Oh okay. yeah, I mean that's a win win anyway. <laughs> Got that right. Uh, by the way, they're showing they're just showing footage from the Kevin Stefanski introductory press conference. It, it is so weird to see him 
in any color other than purple because he's one of the rare coaches. You go, you guys ever go to like Wikipedia and just look at the 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 job history of coaches, and it's almost always two years here, two years there. Oh, What's like, like fifteen different stops over twenty years? And Kevin Stefanski has been with the Vikings since two thousand six, and I, I caught some snippets of this, and he spoke highly of analytics. There's reports that he's going to do some different things offensively, schematically, than the stuff that maybe he wanted to do in Minnesota, but Mike Zimmer wanted things done a certain way. I mean, we've all we've all known Stefanski to some extent for the last decade and a half. Doogie, this is a terrible place to take your first head coaching job. Do you think he has a chance? Do you think he has any chance to be the one of the 90 coaches they've run in and out of there the last 25 years? It is a terrible situation, don't get me wrong. I still think, though, when you look at Nick Chubb, and I think there's something there with Baker Mayfield, and they have some roster flexibility, financial flexibility, that the pieces are relatively in place. Like, I think I'd rather take my chances with that roster, even with the dysfunction in ownership, in the front office, although some of that dysfunction is now gone. I would still personally roll the dice. It's the old, there's only 32 of these, that when the opportunity presents itself, you go and take it. Now, let me ask you this. I had somebody bring this up to me. If the Vikings had allowed Kevin to go join Shermer a couple of years ago with the New York Giants, remember the Vikings yeah. blocked Kevin from going. Yeah. I mean, he wanted to go. And there was some friction there for a couple of days. Now, Kevin doesn't hold grudges for a long time, but I just know for about a 48-hour period, you know, texting with some people close to Kevin, that, that Kevin was pissed off. Yeah, He just didn't understand it. And then came around and realized, okay, he understood it later on. But for a while there, he was really pissed off. But... If the Vikings had said, Kevin, go. Go work for Shermer in New York. Do you think he's in this position no. today? No. No. So it's interesting so, to think about because I'm just telling you, he was very mad that he wasn't able to go join his guy, Pat. It's like so much of these, when, when you go from position coach to coordinator to head coach, so much of it is just, okay, was the trajectory of the team and the offense going a certain way? And then were you on? like that's how I mean, Adam Gaze should not be a head coach, but... He was handcuffed to Peyton Manning's 55 touchdown season. And, oh, look at that offense. And, no, it's Peyton Manning. So the fact that Kevin Stefanski has been the overseer of a Kirk Cousins offense that did as well as it did in the regular season, I think gives him an advantage there. But it's it's a lot less about X's and O's. And, and it's going to be a lot more about leadership and personality and ego management and just taking a dysfunctional punchline organization i don't even like to me it would be almost it would have nothing to do with x's and o's with him like can he get in that room and be respected and that's going to be the question i mean just based on his body of work and his 14 years here the amount of people he connected with the relationship builder that he is in that sense i do think he'll have success in cleveland yeah uh final uh empty your notebook out here final thoughts you were at the miguel sano press conference today what, what can you tell us yeah, about? he told me he weighs 270 he's heading to fort myers here before the month is over Plans on taking off a little bit more weight. Uh, it was Daniel Adler who did the deal. Twins assistant general manager. They now have like three or four guys over there with the title of assistant general manager. But Daniel Adler is an interesting guy. Worked in the NFL for the Patriots, for the Browns. Speaking of the Browns. Yeah. The Jaguars. He's a Harvard guy. His brother writes for the Jimmy Fallon show. Like Daniel Adler has this Talented incredible family. backstory and I think, from what I can gather, the, this is his first major deal. Like, he was the point person. He did the majority of the legwork. So interesting that it was Daniel Adler, not anybody else in the Twins front office, that really completed this deal. But yeah, I mean, Miguel was, he was, he was in a good mood. He also said, hey, bring on Josh Donaldson. If Josh wants to be here, I'm all for moving to first base. I asked him directly. I had a chance to talk to Miguel 
one-on-one for about 10 minutes. I said, hey, how much would you like Josh Donaldson here? It would mean that you would have to move from third base to first base. And his face lit up, and he said, yeah, you know, boom by this, and, you know, great fit. <laughs> by the way, I'm Josh. I mean, you guys, if you want to give me grief, in this very time slot last Tuesday, I said... By this time next week, which would be right now, yeah. that we would have some closure on the Josh Donaldson front. You Clearly, know, we don't. A lot of things were said on this show last week I'm, that we'll just yeah. sort of well. I mean, about, I guess you know. I'm so tired of the, the write that down. I'm you know, so tired of this guy, Here, Donaldson. Just make up your mind. Yeah, I man. know. To defend myself a little bit on that, admittedly, that that's coming from the local squad. That the local squad, heck, they've thought multiple times that there would be closure by now. They thought there would be closure before Christmas. I guess now at this point, Dan Lozano, the agent. I mean, he took Manny Machado last year until February 21st. It's not like they're waiting on anybody. So this thing this thing may still go on for a little bit. As far as I know, they have yet to ask the Twins for their final offer. So when we get to that point, I think we'll be able to say, yeah, closure's coming pretty quickly here. But at this point, no. I mean, I don't have a sense that closure's coming really yeah. quickly. He still wants 110, right? I he mean, wants, that's, yeah. that's the thing. He wants 110. Well, They're not we talked about this last week. Yeah. I mean, if you know that you can get him for four years, $110 million, you do it. I agree. It's not my money. Yeah, except... But I'm just saying, if you're the Twins and you can seal the deal tonight for Josh Donaldson at four one ten, you make that the Phil move and Judd 10 plan has moved on. Arenado and Gray, go get him. <laughs> Arenado's got a no trade. I mean, there's just there's no steam. No, there. but he's going to be dealt. To the Cardinals, sure, and he's I think he'll approve. He's going to accept that. Right, there's no, re- there's no reason why you're not involved. Trade to Minnesota? I don't know. Okay, you know what? I'm spending every waking hour working on that, though. Well, I'm tired of lack of movement. This is not that hard. Again, I don't want to have to run every team. I would team, just lock up we'll Donaldson. Do just pay him what he needs. Don't give up the prospects for Arenado. I went great too. Ah, Josh, yeah, I agree too. Ha- but you need to give up. You need to give up a ton. What else do I have written down here? The Wolves are. Canvassing the league, a lot of trade chatter. Jake Lehman, still at least a couple weeks away with that turf toe injury. Uh, there were seven NBA scouts at the Gophers Michigan game on Sunday. I mean, the Daniel Oturu stock is climbing. Like I heard the other day that the Pistons are doing a lot of background work on Oturu, the Blazers, the Spurs to a certain degree. I mean, I think there is a chance. He's good. He's a good player. And this is a really weak draft. The more the season goes on, that Oturu will become a first round pick. I don't yeah. know today if he's a first round pick. But I think come June, there's a decent chance if he wants to go pro. Now, how about this? I found this out the other day. He's actually on track to graduate in three years. So if he wants to come back for his junior year, taking summer classes, he can actually earn his degree in three years. So would it make some sense to come back next year and earn your degree? But if you have a chance to be a first-round pick, to me, you should be a first-round pick. Tyler Johnson out of the Shrine game. So is Rodney Smith. Tyler by choice. He's training out west. He did get an official invite to the Combine, the former gopher. On Rodney Smith, I'm told he got banged up in the in the Outback Bowl, so he's not 100 healthy. Rick Spielman yeah. is down at the at the Shrine game. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News, and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find at six o'clock on Fridays here on Score North and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Cram session when we come up, and Jonathan is making us the GMs of the Minnesota Vikings in one of his questions. It's always dangerous, but a little more Mackie and Jeb with Rami in your life here shortly. We'll get to some cram session, more Viking speculation, but have you seen that new Toyota Highlander that's been floating around there? The 2020 Highlanders are in stock and on special right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Also 0% interest on the 2019 Highlanders. Now winter just it's a little bit easier behind the wheel of a, a sturdy, durable Highlander or Tundra, Tacoma, 4Runner. I even love my RAV4 XLE. 
in these wintry conditions. There's a, I don't know a lot about cars. I know that it's got great safety features and great technology. It's got that Entune system and the Apple CarPlay that just basically turns my car into a smartphone. And it's got the four-wheel drive, and there's a, literally a button on the dash that says snow, and I push it, and my car drives easier in the snow. That's all I need to know as a guy who doesn't know much about cars. Luther Brookdale Toyota has had my back in that service department for a long, long time. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Jonathan here with this hour's Score North. Download more new deep dives are available on Minnesota Sports Rewind, including two new episodes on the Johan Santana trade and the craziest season in Vikings history. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's available on Score North, the Score North app, Apple, and Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. If you're just hopping into your car just now and you missed the scoop with Doogie, Doogie talked about whether there's... Any thoughts on giving extensions to Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman? Here's what he had to say about that. I fully expect Zimmer and Spielman to get contract extensions. Now the question is, is it a one-year extension for both? Is it a multiple-year extension for both? I don't think it's going to be a three-year extension for both. Maybe it's two years. I mean, it's going to be one or two years. I do think they will sit down with Kirk Cousins' agent at the Combine late February in, in Indianapolis and just get a get a gauge on what it would take to extend him. I do think that this regime is pretty much all in on Kirk Cousins beyond 2020. Interesting. Let us know your thoughts on that, Vikings fans, over at Score North on Twitter. That's at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jodeth Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That's right. Jonathan asks questions and then grades us based on how good our answers are. Or grades us based on mostly how much he dislikes Rami's answer sometimes. Or got, how much he ripped soccer today. Could be that, too. Oh, today. Could be that's that too. Right. It was not the day to rip soccer, Rami. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to be me. I can't I can't be restricted oh, because Jonathan, Jonathan wants to be an unfair judge. i got to be me. Uh, gentlemen, last week Judd picked up his 21st victory all-time in cram session. Judd leads one to nothing to nothing in victories in 2020. Judd also took the 2019 cram session title with 20 victories to... My 16 and Rami's 16. So Judd is very good at appeasing Judge Jonathan. Why don't you fire away here, Jonathan? All right. So we know that punishment was handed down to the Astros yesterday. If you knew the punishment for doing so would be the same, a year-long suspension and then getting fired by the team, would you still initiate the Astros cheating scandal if you knew it meant you would win the World Series? I need to... Get a clarification here from your honor, please. Mm-hmm. When you ask if I would, are you asking me the fan? Or are you asking put myself in the shoes of the you players the who apparently orchestrated all this? I'm the manager. I'm AJ Hinch, who just yes. lost my job. Yep. No, nah, man, I like collecting checks. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's as good as World Series are. I like to. Uh, I like to play out at least the duration of my contract and and keep collecting those checks. A World Series isn't worth being unemployed now, which AJ Hinch is, and I, I think it's going to be kind of tough for him to find a job in Major League Baseball and certainly to get back to the level that he was of managing a team of that caliber. If I'm the manager, I say no. If I'm one of the players. And no punishment was handed down to me, even though we, along with Alex Cora, were the ones who orchestrated this whole thing. Sure. Why not? Nothing happened to me. Mm -hmm. I'm good. See, 
I think it's less about the the collecting a check thing because AJ Hinch is rich. Now he could be richer if he continued to manage and, and make more money. I look at it from the perspective of how much do I care what other people think? Because that's really what we're talking about here. They won the World Series, and now it's tainted. And I have to ask myself, do I care? If my if my ultimate career goal was to win a World Series, and I won a World Series as a manager or as a general manager, do I care that people now think it's tainted? And I think I would. I generally don't care a lot about what people think. I, just, I, don't, get, I don't get paralyzed in my own personal life by what people think. But if if the goal is to win a championship and everybody thinks that it's illegitimate, I mean, Barry Bonds is the home run king. Everyone looks at it and they're like, mm, I mean, Easy. not really. I mean, you pumped a bunch of steroids in your body. I still think Barry Bonds should be a Hall of Famer, and Rami and I can debate that. But like Barry Bonds, are you, does Barry Bonds feel satisfied? I mean, no need to debate. He's not. <laughs> yeah. Although he's tracking to be one this year, if you guys have seen really? the early ballot percentages. Yes. He's tracking to be one this year, which yes, is going to be all kinds of fun. You guys are. Yeah. Him and Clemens are both tracking. Yep, and they're, and they're Hall of Famers. So. But if, if you're Barry Bonds and you're rich, yep. and you and you and you can live whatever life you want, yep. even before the steroids, do you care that people don't give you credit for the home run record? I would care. I would care. So I, I would not. I would. I would not cheat if if able to go back in time. I'm going to do a first here on uh, cram session, Jonathan. I'm going to bring. Oh. I'm going to bring sound effects. Okay. Here, oh my God. Here's my answer. What is that? Change up. Now wait. Oh. <laughs> Curveball. You're giving me a World Series. There's a trash can right behind you. You could have just recreated what they actually did. No, no, because they had that moved. you're supposed they, to hand over that they you had used? a they had a metal trash can, not a not Curveball. a plastic. Exactly right. So the answer is absolutely. If I if I had to cheat to get a World Series, would I do it? Absolutely. And I think I think eventually we're going to be overwhelmed by the amount of uh, teams that we find out are doing something like this. I think it's I think it's been exposed by by Mike Fires, who who you know clearly had an axe to grind here. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to find out a ton of teams have been doing some form of this. But yeah, if I can win a World Series and I am the manager of the team, and you're like, you're going to get caught eventually, but you're going to get the World Series, which they aren't, by the way, going to strip from you, which is because yeah. they can't really. I'm doing it. Yeah. Hey, Rose, question, question within the question before Jonathan awards yeah. the point here. Or would you be ashamed of or proud of the Twins if you found out that they were also doing the same thing? I'd applaud them. That's <laughs> three for applause. <laughs> so what you're saying is if, if I found out that in the juniper bushes there was a camera aimed at the catcher's signal area, would I be upset at the Twins? That's an interesting way of putting that. Well, I could. Signal area. Well, I don't know if I want to say. I mean, I don't care about saying groin, you know, groin or crotch. crotch. I was going to say crotch. crotch. But if I found that Man out. zone. If I found out. <laughs> if I found out that the Twins had installed the juniper bushes in order to have a great season in 2019. And then the question is, would you take that back? Absolutely not. It was the most fun summer ever watching the Twins. So do I care? No, I don't care. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Jonathan. Uh, Judd's the only one I agree with here. I would absolutely do it if it meant I got to accomplish the one thing I set out to do in my managerial career, and that's win a World Series, and I get to keep it. Yeah, I'm still doing it. Judd, you're you're the winner there. All right. right, Question question number two. I'm now the owner. I'm going to tip Judd takes now. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, no. Fire them all. Trade request. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects on cram session might be might be here to stay. <laughs> all right, so I'm now the owner of the Minnesota Vikings. I make each of you my new GM. I'm a very involved owner, though, and I make everyone tradable, everyone and everything, draft picks, players, coaches, whatever. I make it all tradable in an effort to make the team better. You as the new GM, though, get to make one player, draft pick, coach, whatever, unmovable. Mm. Who are you choosing and why? Judley? This is a really good question because if it's not bolted down in my world, I'll trade you. And I'm I'm all for trying to trade a Delvin Cook. Are we including Jonathan in our great question standings? Because he's up one nothing on the season. That's a fantastic, that's, yeah. fantastic question. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give you... So there's no coach. There's no coach that I would... Because I, I like Kubiak a lot, but I could also go with a young offensive mind. There's nobody on offense, for sure. So I'm going to give you the only name that... When I saw this question this afternoon, came to mind, Daniil Hunter. Uh, he is a pass rushing end who could probably play the right or left side. He's young. His contract is unbelievably favorable. It's a great contract. Um, he's a freak. He's a great player. He is the one because Harrison Smith's a great player, but he's getting long in the tooth. There's no cornerback. There's I like Kendricks. But I feel like you can find linebackers. I feel as if finding athletic, freak defensive ends is really difficult. So I don't have a lot of guys, but the first one that came to mind is Daniil Hunter. You know, I, so I'm, I have the same answer as Judd. I'll give you a, a different reason why or a, or a tweaked reason why. And I think it's I, twofold. If, if the answer isn't quarterback, and it's not for me, I'm not going to protect Kirk Cousins' $27 million in one year, so it's not Kirk Cousins then the answer to me has to be someone who makes life miserable for the other quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then I get to the second part of it, which is I think Daniil Hunter might be the only guy on this roster who has a chance to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like Harrison Smith is probably Hall of Very Good. Xavier Rhodes was really great for three years. He's not going there. I think think of every guy on this roster, 53 guys on this roster, Daniil Hunter has a chance to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. And he's in the middle of his prime right now, so I would I would protect him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I can get a point by giving the same answer that Mackie and Judd just gave, but I'm going to give the same answer that Mackie and Judd just gave because outside of quarterback, there are two things that I value above anything else in the NFL, and that's guys at the top of their game at protecting quarterbacks and guys at the top of their game at hunting quarterbacks. Yeah. And Daniil Hunter is is the latter. He is, if not the best, one of the best pass rushers in this league, and you just don't trade guys like that, especially when they are as young as he is. And if you look at it, kind of scary to say, maybe entering his prime. For everything he's done, Daniil Hunter may just be entering his prime. There's no Whether I'm going rebuild, reload, retool, re-upping, what I already have, no matter what the course is, if I'm the Vikings, Daniil Hunter ain't going nowhere. Well, that was my answer, too, so... Everybody got the right answer, but I had criteria on it on what I was looking for and why you were going to say Daniil Hunter. And the biggest one was that contract. The first one came out, and my criteria was that contract. It's so favorable to the team, and then his age. Did I mention the contract? You didn't, but uh, <laughs> Judd did. So oh. Judd gets the point and ultimately the win today. He'd be a great soccer player. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but sure. All right. Well, I've soccer before. I'm just trying to. Third co- question. Coaching up to the judge. 
you've been assigned, I've assigned each of you a potential Super Bowl result, and I want you to convince me why that result will happen. These are the three least likely results based on odds by Bovada. Phil, you've been given Packers defeating the Titans at plus 2,500. Judd, you've been given Titans defeating the Packers at plus 2,500. And then Rami, you've given Titans defeating the 49ers at plus 1,000. Thanks. Well, my, mine's actually mine's actually really easy because the Titans. So, so I have to I have to give I have to give you the path to the game and then the the outcome, yes. right? Yep. Well, let's go to Sunday, November tenth. Oh, what happened that week in the NFL? Oh, the Titans beat the Chiefs thirty-five to thirty-two. Now, I don't. Matt Moore might have been playing in that game. I haven't gone back and looked, but but the Titans already beat the Chiefs one time this season, putting up thirty-five points. Uh, it was a home game for them, so the tables would be turned. But you already have evidence of that game playing out in the Titans' favor. And then the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Now, San Francisco's roster up and down and their overall product is better than Green Bay's, but give me Aaron Rodgers 100 times out of 100 over Jimmy Garoppolo. So I could see Aaron Rodgers putting the Packers on his back, and if they get by the 49ers, and if the Titans upset Kansas City... The Packers have a much easier game in the Super Bowl, not an easy game, but a much easier game in the Super Bowl than they would in the NFC Championship game. Voila. Judd? Oh, I thought you were going next. I have the hardest one. I think I should go last. I mean, those two I don't know that. I don't know that. I'll take the point. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) I don't know that yours is the hardest one. I'm pretty sure it is, and Vegas agrees. All right. Mm. Titans defeating the Packers. Here's why. First of all, the miracle that is the career of Ryan Tannehill. Who saw this coming? But in all seriousness, what they've got going for them to me is twofold, especially. One is Henry is a great back, and, and he's been fantastic, and he's been healthy, and he has been... If Dalvin Cook is outstanding, this guy is beyond that. And Mike Vrabel, the dude can coach. And this is the, this is the surprise, because I've been waiting, right, for this one. Who from the Belichick tree... Was finally going to be good. Now, okay, dumb question. He did coach for Belichick. Did he coach for Belichick? Yes, I think okay. he, he was was an assistant on that staff before he got the Titans job. So he gets credit for that. But the the thing is, it's weird because the Titans, like you looked at them going in, into the playoffs, and you said, okay, they they might win their first round game. Actually, I mean, sorry to derail your point. Yeah. He he didn't coach for Belichick. Oh, he, I, I he, thought he was on the staff briefly. He only played for Belichick according to Wikipedia. All right, so. The, is he? Te- my point is falling Is he apart. technically? Is then he technically is a Belichick tree guy? No, probably not. Then I, I thought he was on Belichick staff for like a year after he played. But if that's incorrect, then my point is just completely come unglued. <laughs> wow, this is fake news I mean, all over this segment. I mean, right I've got now. the. I'm just making stuff. I've up. got the win, so I pulled my goaltender. And I don't know what Reckless speculation. That's cashing it in. I love already. when a, I love when a lawyer just throws in the towel on their case. Like you know, hey, what? he's guilty. My client's guilty. Care. <laughs> Throw the I'm book going, at him, Your Honor. You know what? Okay, it's 5.50. I'm going home for soon, all right? <laughs> all right, Rami, go ahead. I'm, I'm, pe- I'm peacing out. I thought Vrabel was on the staff for you. I was wrong. I'm peacing out. So, he, just, he just waves the white flag on his whole point. I got the Titans beating the Niners at plus 1,000. There's yeah. no reason for me to yep. keep going. You, guys you have seen, the easiest odds of the three. Have you guys seen Derrick Henry? Have we seen I Derrick Henry that play up, football? I just brought that up, yes. The great. guy is 6'3", 240. And runs a four five forty. 
The way that the Titans win the Super Bowl and beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl is everybody on the opposing sideline looks at that guy, says, no, thank you. I don't want anything to do with that. He's played in four playoff games. He has 561 yards rushing. He's the first running back in NFL history to go for 180-plus yards in three straight playoff games. He's just a freak. Nobody wants to tackle him, and that's how the Titans go on to win a Super Bowl because people just... Just don't want anything to do yeah. with the freak show that is Derrick Henry right also, now. Also, to Rami, to the to the matchup that Rami is vouching for here. If the Titans play the 49ers in the Super Bowl, I think that would be the most torturous for me. I know Vikings fans would say, "Well, no, watching the Packers win the Super Bowl." Yeah. If you watch the Titans and the Niners play each other in the Super Bowl, you'd be watching the exact blueprints that Mike Zimmer has been trying to put together for six <laughs> years, representing the AFC and the NFC. Clashing against each other, and you would not be one of those teams. So, yeah. to so see your you, blueprints you go for the Packers. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I mean I'm going to get killed for saying that. Crazy. I don't. I don't have as a guy who has followed the Vikings, who cried after the NFC Championship game in 1998. I don't get satisfaction out of watching the Packers lose, other than like playing their hilarious, sad phone calls. All right. On Packer vent line, like that—that's funny. Because I think Vikings fans would, would would watch the Super Bowl that you're potentially talking about and be like, "Oh, see, it can work." And you're saying, I think because it, it can work, it would pain you. I respect Aaron Rodgers so much, I would not mind seeing him win another Super Bowl. And I know that's sacrilege to say here in Minnesota. Six, but five, I, just, one, six, four, six, eight, two, five, I have more distaste for the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky for some reason than I do for yeah. the Green that Bay Packers. That was a nice, Mitch is a very nice young man. <laughs> Very nice young man. I'm sure he is. I'm going to have to agree with Rami here. Derek Henry, 6'3", 240. I'd be terrified no matter what size I am on the defense if that guy was running towards me. Have you guys seen the picture of Mark Ingram standing next to Derek Henry at the National Championship game a couple years ago? Mark Ingram's a big dude himself. Standing next to Derek Henry, he looks normal, and it's frightening. Have you seen the video highlights of Derek Henry playing high school football? Yeah. He was almost this size then. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine how many business decisions are being made by high schoolers in that? Dude, game? I'd just quit football, dude. If I was in high school and, Dar- and the coach was like, "Tackle that guy," I'd be like, "You tackle that guy. I'm out." <laughs> no. <laughs> what were his high? His if he looked like that in high school, what were his no, high thanks. school stats? I saw him there. Just a t- I think, like just a I touchdown in every play. I think his senior year was something like fifty six touchdowns or something. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, it's nuts. What? Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. <laughs> I'm looking him up now. Just every. Play. I saw his high school stats. By the way, okay, somewhere this weekend. Joe Joe Burrow. I, I've been watching. Smoke, I've been watching Joe. I've been watching the LSU all season. Like that dude threw sixty touchdown passes this year. His high school stats: four years, he rushed for twelve thousand yards. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What? He rushed for 4,261 yards his senior year. And touchdowns? 4,055 like, touchdowns. 55 touchdowns. 13 <laughs> games. In a season? 13 games. He rushed 4,000 yards. He averaged 327 yards a game. Dude, That's I'm watching hilarious. his high school highlights right now, and he I don't know why you would call any play but give the ball to Derek if you're the head coach. Like, make your life real it easy. doesn't sound statistically like they did. Just yes. every play, give the ball to Derek. End he, of story. He rushed 462 times his senior year for 4,261 yards. That's 9.2 yards a carry. Oh, I just saw him, saw him throw a ball 40 yards <laughs> through the air for a touchdown, too, <laughs> just to rub it in. Oh, my goodness. It's abs- I've yet to see him get tackled. I'm a minute and a half into this Football. highlight reel. Well, like you said, who's going to tackle him? Who's going to want to tackle him? 
Oh my God, that poor child just got stiff armed <laughs> into another world. Good God, man. How much would you have to be paid right now to go tackle Derrick Henry? Oh, I'd like die. Ten. Oh my God, athlete <laughs> challenge. There'd be no, oh there'd be no amount oh to pay. God. He'd kill any one of us by accident. There's I no mean, amount. You would for sure get, how, how would you. How would you do it without getting knocked out cold? I he, guess you just like throw your whole body sideways just at him. Just your neck. I got cold, cold body d- dying. Just death. Yes. No, <laughs> just, I'm not doing it. Just darkness. There's no amount. I like living. Congrats to Judd for picking up <laughs> his second winning cram session of the calendar year. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Write that down tomorrow, and you can find our podcast on right? Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app.